When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Flights of Fantasy, your podcast book club. I am one of your hosts, Anna, and I am joined, as always, by my book besties, Kim and Christina. Hello. Hi! Yay! Hello. We're back! We're back, baby! Yay. We're back! 2024! Yes. First episode! Season 4 in 2024, Ooh. y'all! Oh, I love that. The coordination. I gotta, I love that so it's, much. Listen, and we are coming in with the month of Sarah. Maybe they've, like, Few months of yeah. Sarah, really, to be re- more realistic I'm, about I'm it. I'm gonna say, yeah, I'm gonna say quarter, quarter of maybe Sarah. Till so, maybe till <laughs> summer, maybe till summer. Q one of Sarah. That's what it is. Okay, so today we are coming at you with kind of like a different type of episode than we normally do. Basically, it's a what you need to know going into House of Flame and Shadows, Crescent City, Book Three. So it's going to be kind of like an overview. We're gonna be just the important facts of like characters, some of the world building, the ending of CC two which like rocked all of our worlds. Yes. And like some informational, like while we're going through all that, like plot points that we think are going to be moving the story forward. Yes. I want to be clear, this is not a recap episode of CC1 and CC2. Right. If this is, we are bypassing a lot of the book because we are just bringing the like main bullet pointed information that we think, that we think is important. Exactly. We'll probably miss a few things. Right. Because we don't know for sure what's going to be important in CC3, but just from like our readings. But we do have what, four? How many episodes do we have on Crescent City? So many episodes. Oh, we have four episodes on the total, like just the series. Two episodes on Crescent City 1, two episodes on Crescent City 2. So if you guys are not ha- if anyone's not having like has, does not have time to go and read the books just go listen to the episodes yeah. and then we have multiple theories episodes on yes. Crescent City and all three of us are hopping onto Patreon while we are doing our reread yes and doing chapter chats right so as we kind of like read 10 to 12 chapters we'll hop on and just kind of give like information yeah. On what we've read. So that's like a more detailed recap. Yes. This is, like I said, just primarily informational. Yes. Um, so consider this your spoiler warning for everything Sarah J. Mass has ever written, the entire Mass universe. And I think with that, we can yeah, dive in. let's dive in. So we're going to do some Patreon shout outs to our book betches Yay! that we love Woo! so much. So tonight we are going to be shouting out Callista Cobb, Jenny Hines, Lindsay Rogers, Adriana Hernandez, and Scarlet Boyd. So, Woo-hoo! hi, book fetches. Thanks, book fetches. Oh my God, Lindsay. Wait, Lindsay. I this is, I think Lindsay's the other one that's like a Henry Cavill. Yes, I oh, think yeah. so. We talk to her all the time in our DMs. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Hi, Lindsay. Yeah, I'm like Anna. Henry Cavill DM on for you. <laughs> her and her and Natalie. Yes, yes. So thank you guys so much for supporting us, and let's let's dive in. So we are going to start a little history lesson. History lesson with Kim. With Kim. Ooh. We're shaking. We're it shaking up. things up. Except, I mean, really, this whole episode is a history lesson, so like everyone will get to do it. But we're going to start with like important places in the world of Crescent City. So we are going to start off with Midgard, which is the planet where Crescent City takes place. So Midgard is the planet 
within Midgard. We've got Valbara, which is the continent, a con- one of the continents. Within Valbara, we have Lunathian, or most commonly, we're just going to call it Crescent City, because that's just what it's normally known as. Yeah. Okay, and then we have Niadros, which is the small mountain town where Bryce was raised um, by her parents, Ember, and her stepfather, Randall. The another continent is called Pangera, which is normally like the human, where all the humans live, Yeah. except for the Asteri. Um, so within Pangera, the Eternal City, which is the capital of Pangera, that's where the Asteri live in their like massive palace. And then we also have Avalon, which is the sacred Fey Island in the north. Yes. Which is, is it where, that's where Cormac is from? That's where Cormac's from. And his father is the Stag King. So like it's ruled by the Stag King. Yes. They're the Avalonian, Avalonian uh-huh. Fey. And then the Valbaran Frey are ru- ru- ruled by the Autumn King. King. Got it. Right. And Avalon is also um, where like Rune retrieved the Star Sword during his like ordeal. I think that's where his mom is from too. Yes. Yes. Apparently she's a banished house. Oh. oh, from Avalon, or they're in exile. Interesting. I don't know. That's like exile, banished, like a shunned house. I just that was like a little toss away comment. Rune said that's also interesting because he makes a note to say that he got his mind reading skills from his mother's side. Yeah, free sand. Okay. Um. Anyways, the last place is hell. Uh, which is where Adis slash is it Regulus Regulus. How are we saying this? Regulus is how it is in the audio. And I've been saying Regulus for five years. Same. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're all on the same page saying it wrong. Okay. Good. Love, that. Love that for us. Yeah. Um, okay. So Hell, basically, you know, Adis, the kitty cat is from there. Uh, but we know that it is a planet much like Midgard. He tells Bryce and Hunt that in yes. book one. There are seven levels of hell. We don't need to get into them. The two most important ones are the chasm, which is level five, and the pit, which is seven. There is also the other, there's only one other prince of hell we meet in book two, which is important, and he's the prince of the ravine, Thanatos. Oh, okay. He um, takes over one of the mystic's bodies. Okay, got it. So... Let's move on to like the hierarchy of Midgard. Yeah. So this is a lot. And I know that this was something that people struggle. It's it's a lot of information. So you've got the Asteri, which are like the main, the main people. Um, there's six of them. One of them has fallen, lost sister or lost Asteri, Sirius. Under them, the archangels answered only to the Asteri. So the archangels are kind of like the presidents of their areas if we're gonna like <laughs> call them that yeah, yeah i think they call them governor governors but we can <laughs> or presidents it works, whatever it works. um yeah so like micah you'll remember from book one is the archangel of lunathian now celestina now celestina uh sandriel was also an archangel they're both dead so it doesn't matter <laughs> bye bye um and then so below them are obviously the angels which is like hunt isaiah all of those. So obviously we have the four houses, which is House of Earth and Blood, House of Sky and Breath, House of Many Waters, and House of Flame and Shadow. There's lots of different veneer within each of those houses. We're not going to get into that. It's in the front of every book if you want to go look yes, it up. But you can, yeah, so you can go see what all creatures are within each house. Yeah. Um, so there are six lower heads in Lunathian. So there's the Autumn King, the, who's Fae, and that area is called the Five Roses. The prime of the wolves is the head of the Moonwood district. The under king is the head of the bone quarters, which I think of as like the great, just like the graveyard area where where they go. They do the sailing. (laughs) The Viper queen is the head of the meat market. She terrifies me. And then the Oracle is the head of the old square where Luna's temple is. And then last, the river queen is 
the head of the district, like the river, but she's obviously had the House of Many Waters. Which I didn't know this. I thought the River Queen was the head of the House of Many Waters. No? No. Oh, who is? I totally forgot. There is the queen of the ocean. Oh, right. And she yes. is the head. And so the the River Queen, there are four sisters. Yes, that's and right. And there are like, I guess, four rivers. And they all hate each other and they're all rivals. And so, yeah, the River Queen, I guess, answers to the, the Ocean Queen. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, moving on. Anna, do you want to do this one? Yes. So we, I'm going to quickly go over um, the Northern Rift and the crossing. So when Midgard was found by the Asteri, there was only humans there, according to the history textbooks. And they opened, it was the Northern Rift and the Southern Rift, and it was called the Great Crossing. And that's when Thea, Peleus, Thea's two daughters, one named Helena, the other one unnamed, came through and like fae and magical creatures of all kinds came over. Um, The calendar marks this time before and after the crossing as H-E, human era, and V-E, veneer era. Uh, The Asteri landed on Midgard in the year 17,002, and um, that was a year year after they lost hell which are, we're going to get into this more in the ending so I don't want to like like it, let me get we'll talk about that more okay. in the ending because it's going to be a little confusing if I start just like jumping into it now okay cool so that's yeah. um, okay so another big relevant thing from past in Crescent City that we feel like might just it's just good to know yeah is the first wars specifically like our whole little saga of Thea and hell versus Peleus and the Asterians all that that whole jamboree yeah so pretty much <laughs> queen thea and her two daughters came over in the crossing one's helena one's unnamed helena i.e pretty much recent yep literally recent and unnamed sister who pretty much she's unnamed on purpose we don't know why but like she's got to be important right so them and prince peleus prince peleus was queen thea's general um there was yes some drama there they ran away they stole the sword from the king and there was a whole thing but whatever yeah. not important that's an akasoff oh Yes. God, I'm just mixing my timelines. Like, but I'm we're in the multiverse. In That's what we're doing. You're right. That's actually important for the story. Yeah. So in Akasoff, it's discussed with Cassian in the history lesson that Rhysand gives or somebody gives that there was a king, uh, Fion, and his wife betrayed him with his general. And they stole Gwydion, the sword, and like escaped and ran away. And we think that that is, I mean, a queen. Her general, we stole a sword. And they're making I mean, the crossing. If it, and- if, if, it, if it waddles and it quacks, it's a duck. <laughs> It's a duck. So we think that that is Thea and and Peleus who like ran away. Mm -hmm. With the star sword. With the star sword. Yes. And apparently at this time, like lots of the Fae who crossed had starborn powers. Yes. It wasn't just like anomaly rune and that's it. And like secret Bryce. Like there were even different variations of starborn powers, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but Queen Thea and her daughters and Peleus are like, we really note they are like the most notable. For sure. All right. So they come over in the crossing. Then it's referred to as hell, but like later we find out it is Adis, informs Thea that like, actually, hey, you were tricked and brought here by the Asteri. And Peleus is like, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. I believe the Asteri and I'm on the Asteri side. Yeah. yeah. So then to really make his point there, he then kills Thea, kills the queen and then takes the star sword and the horn for himself Mm -hmm. and then there's some really not not great stuff he forcibly marries helena um and they're 
There's some um, essay that happens. The, the, there's, sec, there's essay that, I mean, there's R, capital, capital R. R that happens. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah. so final battle of the first war yeah. is Adis, who, again, remember, came to like warn everybody on Midgard, hey, the Asteri are actually bad dudes. Mm-hmm. They tried to invade us and we kicked them out. And like Christina said, Thea sided with Adis. They actually had a great love affair or some big love. They were in love with each other. And so he was really pissed off when Peleus kills Thea and he wants revenge. So he like is like, hey, bro, to his <laughs> Prince of the Pit brother. Because mm-hmm. he's like the biggest Prince of the, the Pit. He's like the scariest guy. bitch in town. Yeah. And he's like, I can't go slay Peleus, but, but can, can you? you? Like, I want to stay home. He's like, I got to call in my big brother. Yeah. He's scary. Yeah, I'm going to beat you He's up. scary. <laughs> So Peleus comes in. They have a three-day battle. Yes. Apollyon ends up dealing a fatal blow to Peleus to kill him. But before Peleus dies, he utilizes the horn, which we know is a portal, Mm -hmm. can be used as a Mm -hmm. portal when channeled with starborn power. Yep. And he closes, he like shoves Hell through the Mm -hmm. rift and closes the gate. So Hell can no longer come back. Mm -hmm. But then he dies of the wounds anyway. Doesn't it also close all the gates? It also closes Northern Rift? It closes like everything or no? So that is what we're told. Okay. That it closes everything minus like a crack. And that's how sometimes the demon, like the princes are able to come in from Hell. But at the end of the book, which I'm going to get to... Regulus says that it's actually like a princess closed the gates when she escaped. Oh, that's, oh, that's right. right. With another unnamed object, the, the harp. harp is what we think. But anyway. Okay, got it, got it. But we are told by the history, what Bryce and everyone is okay. told is that Thea's unnamed daughter escaped into the night and Peleus closes the gates, the horn breaks, it's shattered. And that's why all they have left of it is like this, you know, antiquity that's in Luna's okay. temple. Right. And it doesn't get healed until Danica steals it, tattoos it onto Bryce. Right. And then Bryce takes the synth, which heals Yes, heals the horn. The Correct. power of the horn. And she's able to utilize Correct. it. And she is now the horn. The horn is her. Bryce is the horn. The horn is Bryce. Yeah. So yep. Bryce is a walking portal. And that's kind of like the end of that great mm-hmm. war. Yeah. Oh, also important to note, the Prince of the Pitapolian also slew Sirius, who is the seventh Asteri. Uh-huh. Yep. They refer to her as a girl, like as a, as a sister, they yes, call right. her. Mm-hmm. And she is the seventh holy star. She's the only Asteri that we know of to have been killed, which is why... Apollyon, Prince of the Pit, is also called the Star Eater. Mm. He is thought to have like literally devoured her. her. Yeah. So after the Great War, the last thing is that the veneer and the humans for that matter have all been living like under the Asteri and their Senate, their Imperial Senate um, for like the last 15,000 years. That's a long time. Long time. Yeah. Very. Okay. So I'm going to cover the Great Library of Parthos. So this is a big part of book one. And I just have a feeling with this being House of Flame and Shadow, which is Jessica's house, Jessica is in charge of like the keeper of the library at this point. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to quickly go over some highlights that we need to know going into this book. Okay. Take it away. So in CC1, the library is hidden beneath Griffin Antiquities, which is Jessica's gallery. It's guarded by Lahaba, the fire sprite, the love of my life. Oh. Um, it's fine. Oh. Um, it is referred to by Hunt. Um, he kind of like is arguing with Bryce because it's kind of like a myth or a conspiracy that this mm. library even existed. Mm-hmm. And He's like, oh, come on, like, you're not telling me you believe in that the library is real. He's like, it's an ancient library in the heart of a pre-existing human civilization. 
Mm. That's how he specifically describes it. And then again, like with the veneer, like in this world, it's like a conspiracy. Like it's not a real thing. It's very interesting. Bryce is like, well, I mean, obviously it is. And okay. <laughs> Micah, when he is having his big showdown with Bryce, he said, humans yes. died for these books. Banned titles, if I'm not mistaken, many of them supposed to only exist in the Asteri archives. Evolution mathematics theories to disprove the superiority of the veneer and Asteri. Some from philosophers people claimed existed before the Asteri arrived. Liars who admitted they were wrong when the Asteri tortured them for the truth. They were burned alive with the works used as kindling. And yet here they survive. All the knowledge of the ancient world, of a world before Asteri, and theories of a world in which the veneer are not your masters. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Very. So that's what we learned in CC1, right? That's what we learned in CC1. Yeah. But then in CC2, we find out that they were forced to write the history that Bryce knows under penalty of death by the Asteri. Well, that tracks. Yeah. So like what they wrote was the truth. Right. And then they were yeah, yeah, forced to change it. Yeah, of course. I did forget that. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and then he says that most of the library burned at veneer hands 15,000 years ago, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, two, like a couple just really quick things to note. Also in this library are a couple of books that show up in other SJM series. So this was kind of like one of the first big Easter eggs that SJM put in for the whole multiverse situation. And that is in the library in CC. One, there's the Book of Breathings and the Walking Dead. So the Book of Breathings is mentioned in Akatar, and this is how it's described. It is a powerful magical item created by a race of fairies who feared the power of the cauldron, and its purpose is to nullify the cauldron's magic. Now, very I looked this up and very interestingly, Feyre says it is written in an alphabet that she cannot recognize which is exactly how Mm. Bryce describes the alphabet on Bryce's back. That is the tattoo, Bryce's tattoo. (gasps) So it's word marks, maybe. I think it's word marks because Feyre doesn't recognize it and Hunt doesn't recognize it. Totally. So that's very interesting to note. Um, And then The Walking Dead is mentioned as a book that Selena picks up in the library um, in Thorn of Glass. There's also a couple books that are noted in CC1 that I'm interested if they're going to show up maybe when Bryce is in Prithian, like if maybe they'll show up in a library in Prithian. Did you write them down? Of course. Yes, of course I did. Um, One of them is called (laughs) great romances of the Fae. And I'll, and I'll, I'll I'll, like figure out that it's in my notes, but I did note one as well that like they specifically mention rune, like pulling off the shelves and then like nothing happens with it. And I'm like, so it's like, important so it's important okay got it yeah um the last thing and i haven't even brought this up with you guys i did bring up this quote but it says the ceiling of the library like in the basement of the griffin antiquities bryce looks up at the at the ceiling and it says the ceiling of the library is painted like the night sky rendered in loving care Okay. Oh my God. Now somebody brought this up and I can't remember if it was like on Reddit when I was researching this or in our comments, but someone was like loving care. To me, that means like maybe Feyre like (gasps) painted it somehow and it got like brought over. Interesting. Cause like loving care. Do you think she just like teleports the whole room with the ceiling? I know. I mean, (laughs) I realize that's ridiculous, but like, it does seem like. I think it's, I I mean, I think even if it's not Feyre, I think, I think Sarah's having fun with this. Oh, for sure. Totally. I think sometimes it's not necessarily, oh, Farah did this or Nessa did that or or right. this is from Aelin. I think she's just like, this is fun for me. Yeah. To like, like put night this sky. In. Like it doesn't have to be, I don't have to explain it. I don't owe anybody this explanation.
explanation of how totally. it got written up there, but it's a nice nod. It's a, it's a perfect nod to then hopefully as we're like tied all together. Like right. you're yeah. like, oh yeah. yes, if you were to go back and reread this, you'd be like, oh, of course it's the same place. There's a night sky. For sure. I do just think it's like night sky Hakatar Fair is like a painter in like that's like a big deal as her being a painter. The big library at Valeris. So I'm like, I don't know. To me, it seems like an interesting because Bryce literally just like looks up at it and like notes it for no reason whatsoever. And so I was like, okay, Sarah, I see you. I see see what we're doing. That's (laughs) such a specific good call out. Like if she is in Prithian and she looks up at any ceiling and is like, Fair is like, oh yeah, I painted this. It's the night sky. I will. Lose my mind. Die. Or or she's going to be like in their house or something and yes. see like a painting that she's yes. done and be like, or is that like a famous painter? And they would be like, no, I did that. I wonder if there were paintings in like, because it's an antiquity shop. Like if there was- I think for sure. That were probably mentioned that then like Bryce would go in and be like, wait, wait we have that. <laughs> and it's the I- only- copy because it's, the it's only like three million dollars <laughs> and Faye was like oh weird I painted that just for funsies the other night I, I mean I don't know anyways that's kind of just the last thing that we that's so cool so obviously at the end of CC1 um the library gets well the it, the physical library gets destroyed but the books Flooded. and everything yes Lahaba floods it to save Bryce oh. and RIP mm-hmm. um it's fine but Jessica, the enchantments hold. And so Jessica is able to like take the library. And now she, we don't know where it is. Adis asks her in the epilogue, like, where is the library? And she says like, it's been moved, but that's all she says. Yeah. And, and Jessica is like very noticeably absent. The only way she is reachable is by cell phone. <laughs> oh, in right. In book two. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I know. She always like, Bryce is like, hold on. Hey, Jessica, what? <laughs> what? Tell she always picks up the phone. I love the idea of her having to be like she take she took the library to Prithian because Uh maybe she's Meryl, but she took the library to Prithian and to like save it, whatever. And then she's like, "Oh my god, this cell phone's ringing. No one here can see that I have a cell phone. I have to go march away somewhere and hide to answer this phone. Yes, hide and march. What? What do you need? What What do you need? I am hiding right now so no one can see this device because they can't know it exists. What? It doesn't it actually doesn't exist in this world yet. So like, I, you can't know that this is, what, what do you I'm mean? I'm breaking the timelines. What? Oh yeah. my God, Christina, that's, that's canon in so my funny. mind. It's canon. I love, so funny. I love it. I love it. All right, okay. what's next? Okay, couple other things we want to talk about before we get to characters. Um, the, in Pangera, there is the conflict with the human rebellion. Um, it started about 40 years prior to like, CC, when CC, the events in CC start. It's different than the rebellion that Hunt fought in. Yeah. Okay, so the Pangera conflict is happening. This is important. So the, it's a human rebellion, but it's happening not on the continent of Valbara, which is where Crescent City, Lunathian is. Right. It's happening on the northern continent of Pangera, specifically mostly in the northern region of Pangera, close to the Eternal City where the Asteri live. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the events of CC2 have to do with like, you know, all of the characters like Cormac is a, is a secret agent for the for Ophion, the, the human rebellion Day slash Lydia slash the Hind is a double agent. Um, Everybody's like working and it's like a very touchy subject with all of the characters because it's very separated from everybody because it's on a different continent. And there's a lot of like fear with our main characters, like Bryce Hunt, Rune, Ethan specifically have like a giant fear kind of of like joining the rebellion because a fear of like death from the Asteri. Sure. And Cormac 
and Lydia obviously are already deep. Sophie was a part of it. Mm-hmm. So am I correct in understanding the Ophion Rebellion is like almost like the, the Lenothian like subset of people like supporting the Pangerian. That's how like, I took it, Christina. The human rebellion in Pangera. Like, like the Ophion Briggs. Rebellion isn't like a whole separate rebellion. It's like there's like a, like they're the people trying to help the human, the human rebellion already existing in Pangera. Yes. Correct. Yes. Right. So okay. the, yeah. sorry. Yes. So the human rebellion that's happening, like the Pangerian conflict is on Pangeria. Pangera, but the Ophion Rebellion is like Valbara's, I guess, version unit of it. Uh-huh. Got it, got it. And they seem to be a little more radical. So like Pippa Spestos is like kind of a fanatic. So while the the cause is good, even Cormac and like Lydia who are trying to do good within the rebellion sure. don't agree with Pippa and her methods. If yes. that makes sense. Yeah. Pippa seems to be a little bit like, I would r- like to wipe all veneer off the planet. Whereas like the main cause, the main goal of the human rebellion on Pangera is like for everyone to be equal. Got it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. Okay. So that kind of wraps up like the rebellion aspect, which yes, is a huge part of CC2. Um, just a couple other quick things to note. And then we're going to let Christina run us through our cast of characters. And she's mostly going to focus on characters from CC2 um, because we think that's the most important going into CC1. And a lot of characters from CC1 died. So <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. Oh, um, okay, just some quick things. So there is first light and second light, which is essentially like raw magic. Also, we find out it's like food for the Asteri that they are like feeding on wild first light and second light sustenance. Yes. So first light we know is what gets emitted when somebody makes the drop and it is power. It's used to power the entire city, cars, healing, lights, cell phones, literally everything is powered by first light. Um, Second light is like raw, unfiltered magic that comes from the dead. Yes. Mm. Which is interessante. Interessante. And we find out more about that, I think, at the end of CC2. Right, Anna? Uh, So in the middle of CC2, Bryce and Hunt go go to the Bone Quarter. When they get there, though, they find out, the Underking tells them that, like, a lot of what they think happens in the afterlife is just to, like, basically, it's it's just a comforting lie is what he calls it. Oh, yeah. So your soul crosses over and it, like, sits there at the bone quarter until basically you are forgotten by your loved ones or enough time has passed. And then your soul, your second light, I I don't know if it's like your actual soul, it's your energy, I'm guessing. So which to me is like your being Mm -hmm. is then given back to like the gate Mm -hmm. and it's then like reused. I'm not certain whether or not it's more powerful than first light. I don't, I don't know if that's, the case. Okay, got it. I don't know. So either. like that whole grassy field. Yeah. Like, you know, that grassy field that Bryce has shown at the end of season yeah, one. Right. Yeah. That's not there. Uh. So she gets over there and she freaks out because she's like, where is grass? Where is – that's why when I thought Bryce landed at the last – when she lands on that grassy yeah, I was like, I was like, oh my God, how is yeah. beautiful and Connor and the heck yes. devil. That was my very first thought. Oh, I can see that. I love that. Wait, so that was an illusion? So it's an illusion. He says, it's a comforting lie we showed. And so they're all just like <laughs> – spirits floating around. I could have lived my whole life without knowing that information. Do we ask about Connor and Danica and them? Danica. So what's also important to note about this is Bryce exchanges her place in the bone quarter for Danica's, right? That's in book one. Hmm. And then when Danica helps Bryce make the drop, her sacrifice is her spot in the bone quarter. It's her Mm -hmm. soul. So now Danica is like gone. And Bryce, when she dies, will be gone, gone. Yeah. 
how that actually works, I'm not I, quite I don't sure. understand that like, either. I don't like I didn't you. see Bryce touch something and give some like second light over. Right, right. <laughs> also, like it doesn't seem like your spot in the bone quarter is like great. Right. Like it doesn't seem like you're like, please let me drift around for a long time until someone forgets <laughs> until me is like something to like, me. want. I, like, I don't think anyone's conscious. It's like not like you're aware. Yeah, but I still just feel like Yeah, it's still just like I don't want to go. You know? Yeah. And that's what drives them to go to the mystics. Because Ethan is freaking right. out. And he wants to talk to Connor, right? He wants to know if his brother's yes. okay. <gasps> yes. That is so sad. And it's like, because they want to try and like find a way to save their souls. Right. Where they want to put them, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I think for them, it's like an afterlife. So they're like, well, if you take away their second light, then they just cease permanently. But I'm like, right. but where were they anyway? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. And it's also very crazy that they're like, the worst thing that could happen is that you like, you're ship tips over and you go to hell and like hell seems lovely compared to this bone quarter situation like you know does. tip me over T- tip me tap me over you know what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah, i'm a little teacup tip me over I don't- <laughs> oh oh also about first light bryce apparently never gave first light back so she just like oh after she made the drop Right. Is that like a choice you make? I thought it was like an automatically just took it. Yeah, I thought they automatically. Well, she, listen, Bryce did her own thing. I don't know. Bryce true, like true. connected I... all of the gates. No, and true, true, true. Like... Here's how I, here's a good analogy. Is that Bryce did to this whole situation what Nesta did to the cauldron. Like, I think yes. Bryce messed all sorts of stuff up. Went in and gave a big middle finger. Went in and gave him the middle finger and was like, fuck you. Because remember, like, they were so confused when she was making the drop, how deep she was going into her power. And everyone was like, that's not possible. She's done tests. And they were like, right. But everyone that has ever touched one of those gates, they've imbued it with their power. And now Bryce took all of all that power of with her. And that's why she's like even more powerful now than the Autumn King. And what do they say? What's the quote? It's like written on the thing where it's like the power of the city will go to the. Oh, um, yes. Yes, 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 yes. But it's something that like I almost feel like could relate to Bryce. So while Kim's looking for that. Yes. I wonder with Danica's second light because she exchanged her place in the bone quarter when Bryce made the drop and she pushed her up. Did she like give her second light? To, to Bryce? I don't think Danica helped her. I think she was more like, like physically helped her like or with her magic or did anything. I think she was just like encouraging her with her like presence. Like as an anchor. like As an anchor. And then like that, by doing that, by like even going to Bryce in the first place, I think that took her second light away. That is what took her second light. Actually physically getting herself there to anchor for Bryce. Yeah. Because she tells Bryce that Connor and the pack are still in the bone quarter and they're holding off the Reapers so that that Danica can be there for Bryce. So she was like, I don't have, I can't stay here. I don't have a lot of time like Connor. And she was like, Connor's there. So you need to get it together. She's like, let's fucking go, bitch. (laughs) Let's go light it up. Guys, but that means to me that the souls in the bone quarter can chitty chat. Wait, right. They're talking. Yes. She can be like, hey, Connor. You oh. guys, I gotta get to Bryce. Like they're they're together. They're work- they're yes, they're. Oh no, you're right because when they go to the Mystic, they said you can talk to people who have passed. Right, they don't actually get to talk to Connor at least. But the the fact that they can talk to each other because I was like, this is such a sad like existence of them just like floating around, bumbling, not really like uh, conscious. So that's not really true. But they can like talk. So that's interesting. 
Interesting. Maybe he just doesn't know what's going on in his own district is really how I took that. Because you know what it is? I bet that their bond is so strong that they can talk to each other. Maybe they can't talk to everybody, but they can like talk to their like can talk to each other. You know what I mean? I love that. That's canon. I love that. I'm gonna let that live in my heart. I'm gonna let that live in my heart. What's the quote, Kim? The quote is the power shall always belong to those who give their lives to the city, which is exactly what Bryce did. what she did exactly what price did and so they were like you know what you take all that power you take that power girl and she did i love Snaps, that you earned it i love that good call out christina good call love out. that for her um okay okay anna do you, you want to do the star sword yes okay so the star sword is um owned by rune he takes it it's like basically like king arthur <laughs> from a cave a, yeah. a cave of princes in avalon but i Feel like a cave might be important. Well, we think caves can be like portals, right? Exactly. Right. So So it's called the Cave of Princes, where he gets it from. Called the Cave of Princes. Uh Yes. Um, He is like only a starborn is technically supposed. Well, anyone can like I guess touch it, but a starborn is like only the one who's like can wield it with power. Mm -hmm. I guess although the Autumn King won't touch it. Because he's a little bitch. He like won't touch it. But anyways, okay. So it was originally owned by Thea. It was stolen by Peleus. Mm-hmm. And in CC2, when the cat shows up, and it's not Adis, it's actually, it's actually Regulus, then, but this is like a fact. He tells them that the star sword was actually not supposed to be passed through Peleus's line. It was supposed to pass through the female heir's line. That's right. But because the history was rewritten... It always went through like generally they thought it was like a male heir thing. So Bryce, it it sings to Bryce. And when she uses it in the bone quarter to fight the under king, it reacts to her more strongly than it has ever reacted with, with Rune. Rune can utilize that and it's just like a normal sword with like maybe a little star power. But when Bryce uses it, she can kill the Reapers, which are unkillable. And she uses it to channel, like uses it as a conduit to channel Hunt's lightning through her into the sword. Yes. And that makes sense because it's Queen Thea's sword. And it was meant to pass down through her female heirs. Yeah. Then it would make sense why it works so much better for her. Why it's actually working for her. Because the magic is made to work for her. Because she is a female heir. That's right. Um, The other important thing to note about the sword is at the end, when she ends up in Prithian, it is the sister sword to Truth Teller, which is Asriel's sword. Uh Uh-huh. And they realize, and they call it, Amorin looks at it and calls it Gwydion. Yeah. Well, And there's the whole, like, lore of of them is like that there is a yes. the missing piece and when the two of them are united so will our people be right when knife and sword are united so shall our people be or something right like yeah that. so that yes in cc1 rune tells hunt i'm guessing um about the sword when he's they're all in the library doing some fun research together and he says the sword was part of a pair rune said to him a long bladed knife was forged from the iridium mined from the same meteorite which fell on our old world the world the fey had left to travel through the northern rift and into midgard which we think is prithian Um, But we lost the knife eons ago. Even the Fey archives have no record of how it might have been lost, but it seems to have been sometime during the first wars. And then he tells them when knife and sword are reunited, so shall our people be. So like they're reunited. They are reunited. So so will our people be. So like, I agree. I think that's going to be 
huge in CC3. Like, Agreed. very important. I think her and Asriel are going to, like, work together. And I'm so excited. The world's colliding. I know. Okay, Christina, do you want to, like, run us through some characters real quick? Yes. Okay. So, characters new and old that we think um, maybe you should just, like, have a quick refresher on. Right. Baxian, if we remember, he is a hellhound and was a member of Sandriel's Triari. But most importantly, Danica's secret mate. Very important. Mind blown. He has through love all his possible tattooed on his chest. It was a crazy reveal moment. That was yeah. wild. Okay, our hot rune. Oh. Um, <laughs> rune Denon. He is the crown prince of the Valbar and Fae, son of the Autumn King, um, starborn prince, Bryce's brother. He can mind speak. He's in love with Lydia slash Day. Didn't know she was the hind. It's all very complicated. He has telepathy and pretty much all his powers in general are Brisan's powers. Like, yes, two things to note about his power that we learn in CC2. His telepathy, his like mind speak, he calls it mind speak, is different in the way that like, you know how R- Rune can't seem to be able to read other people's minds. Whereas like Bree Sand is like a Damati where he can like, he could invade someone's mind uh-huh. if he wanted to. Um, but R- Rune, he just knows how to connect two minds to speak to each other. Right. He can't read people's he minds. He can mind speak, right. Yeah, he can mm. mind speak. And then his shadows that he has, Cormac also has the same shadows, but it's noted Bryce makes a very important note to say she sees Rune and Cormac use her shadows. And she notes that Cormac's shadows seem different than Rune's shadows. Rune's shadows, I think, are more like Rhysand's shadows. They can like cloak him. But Cormac's shadows seem to literally, like the word whispering is used a lot. And so it sounds to me more like Asriel. Asriel. Like, like the shadow singer, like how his shadows like go out and look at things and come back and yeah, talk yeah, to yeah, Whisper yeah. the secrets. Whisper. You know. I love that. Whisper. Anyways, sorry. Okay. Um, okay. What else? Speaking of Cormac, let's talk about him. So he is the prince of Avalon. His father is the Stag King. But yes, okay. So he is whispering shadows. Um, He can also teleport, right? He can like yes. winnow. Right? Like he yes. can they call it teleport they call it teleporting, but yes, it's like winnowing. It's winnowing. It's winnowing. Yes. Oh, also he at the beginning of CC2, he is Agent Silverbow, we find out. Yes. And yes. he was in love with oh. Sophie. We have the whole moment where they find Sophie's body. He's like, my Sophie. It's very oh, sad. Very um, sad. And then also he, he he does seem to die at the end of CC2. Mm. However, we are holding out hope that maybe he is not perished. We're delusional. Um, because we haven't actually seen a body. Show me the body. I'm just saying. Sarah did not confirm it, didn't she? She like- passed on the question. She passed. Guys, that's very telling. Yeah. In the interview with Christina Lauren, it was asked, um, is Cormac dead? And she said, pass. And then it was like, is Danica dead? And she's like, oh no, she's dead. So interesting. But yeah. Oh, he's also fire. He is fire. Fire guy. So guys, his power is fire. He dies in a fire, which makes me think like. Exactly. Um, Okay. Anna, do you want to do Sophie? Soph, Soph? Okay. Sophie. So Sophie Renast um, is a Thunderbird. Thunderbirds, they basically, she can take electricity, like raw, actually like unfiltered power from like around her and utilize it like electrocuting things or unlocking locks, uh, burning fences. It's basically, she can utilize it that way. But energy of any type was hers to command and suck into herself is like the quote. Okay. Thunderbirds were hunted near to extinction because the Asteri fear them. We're guessing that it's like that they can somehow, maybe there's some part of a Thunderbird that can like defeat Asteri is mm. what I'm guessing. They're, why else would they be hunted to near extinction? I feel like there has to be something to do with like the fact that Asteri feed on first light and that they use the first light. Like there's something oh. with that. 
that, I feel like. Yeah, Christina. Yeah, because they'd be stealing a lot of their food. Right. That's true, Christina. Okay, so back to Sophie. Sophie, um, what it was a she can pass as a human. Thunderbirds look human, they do not look veneer, they even smell human, pretty much. They just kind of have like a slight change in their scent, I guess, but it's mostly humanoid. She makes a drop illegally. Um, her whole she joins the human rebellion only to save her brother. Her family is killed by like in, in Pangera. Her little brother is taken to a death camp. He's like 12 when he goes. He spends three years there or something like that. It's awful. And in the beginning of the prologue, she goes to rescue him. And um, let's see, she dies rescuing him by bringing – and she sacrifices herself so that Emil, her brother, can escape with Agent Silverbow, a.k.a. Cormac. And while she's sacrificing herself, she sends her first light out to like bring down ships. Mm -hmm. Now, this is kind of important because Emil, Sophie talks about him as if he has, as if he's stronger or more powerful than she is. Right. But then by the end of the book, we think Emil does not have any powers and that the reason, Bryce says the reason Sophie, she thinks, played it up like he did is because the the Ophion, the rebellion, would have no interest in saving just like a simple, normal human kid unless they thought he was beneficial to them. And so she spent three years undercover with Ophion trying to get them to rescue her brother. Yeah. And Bryce says like they he might not have been important to them, but she, he was important to her. To her. And like that that's why she did it. So sweet. It's just like really sweet. But it's interesting because when in her POV, it kind of is a little you're confused if like he is powerful or something. Right, because she's also, not. It almost it just feels like a weird move on Sarah's part to have him have no power. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Here's what she said. Here's what she said. This is the quote in Sophie's POV. She had known this would happen if she pushed too far, demanded too much power, as she had tonight. The first light always hurt so much worse than electricity, charred her insides even as it left her craving more of its potent power. It was why she'd avoided it as much as possible, why the idea of a meal had been so enticing to command Mm. to Pippa and her lightful squadron. So when I read that, I took it as because he has so much power. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's what I, I, think that's what I thought. She, but, but going back to what Bryce said, I think she's saying it was – that's why he was appealing because he – because I told them he had so much power. Okay, got it. So we are also supposed – the reader up until Bryce finds Emil, we're also supposed to think Emil has that power. Okay, got it. I think. Got okay. it, got it, got it. But it is – here's the only – this is the only reason I'm a little skeptical if he doesn't have power is because Sophie is shot with a Gorsane bullet. And Gorsane bullets are, not, are supposed to literally make you unable to use your magic. Yeah. And she's shot with a Gorsane bullet. And then the ships go down. Yeah. I, I feel like it's – it's That's why I'm like – It's just way more interesting if he has powers. Like, I agree. You know? Like, yeah, It's just way more interesting. And Because yeah. if without him, like, okay, great. So why introduce Thunderbirds? Why, why introduce them? Yeah. Yes. Why, why, why do we care? Sophie's exactly. dead. Exactly. That's why I'm like, So yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. Why do we care? Sophie's dead. Sophie's dead. So the only, the there's two other important things. She's the only one who knows the truth of the Asteri, which we also obviously learned, we all learn at the very end of the book. Right. But she is the only one who knows, and it's what Danica, we're going to get to Danica, but that's what Danica has been searching for. Uh-huh. But Sophie's the only one who knew the truth. Right. And she, the truth dies with her. She alludes to the fact that she told Emil. But when but when Bryce asks Emil, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. The only uh, – the last thing 
The last thing about the two of them, um, guys, I know Sophie's dead. I'm not like I'm 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 I, I'm a convert. Do you so though? I, I converted. No, I converted. I converted. <laughs> oh, you did. I converted. Okay. I converted. Okay. I converted. Okay. okay, okay. I converted. But here's why. So this is a very odd conversation. The fact that Hypaxia is a necromancer has been brought up multiple times right. in this book. Tons of times. She was literally raised by dead people. Like, not kidding. Her yeah. mother raised her, dead like, people to her teachers were all dead people. Yes. <laughs> I would love that novella. Like how oh, just like her growing up. How, like how she was she would not traumatize. How is she a functioning adult? But I don't also know. like in a world of like almost like put yourself in a Cassie Claire world. Like I bet they're all yes. fun. They have personalities. There's like a oh. whole like thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like oh, I bet I they're like love that. Like I feel like it would be like cool, you know? Very cool. That's an interesting point that you make because she doesn't sound she makes it sound like they were like nice. They actually Taught yeah, she doesn't sound like yeah. scared of it. So this is what's interesting. When they end up in the ocean court, they bring somebody, one of the ocean court people talks to Therian and she says, well, why? Because the river queen, Therian's been searching for Emil and, and uh, Sophie. And she said, well, why would your river queen want a dead body? Like what does Sophie's body have to do for anything? And he was like, I don't know. But like I, and, and the, the ocean person is like, does she have a necromancer? Like, does she want to raise Sophie? It's just like, it's one sentence. It's not that. It's actually, it's just like literally, does she have a necromancer? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And then in his brain, he goes, I can only imagine the destruction a mindless body with that kind of power would create. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. So now I'm like, that's very and Sophie's body is not destroyed. No, it's not. But here's the she doesn't, but he, Therian says she doesn't have a necromancer, but who's to say? Well, we don't know. But that. if Hypaxia is a necromancer. Yeah. Yeah. And she also, we're, what Therian is, says is that she would be mindless, but we know that the people who helped Hypaxia, Hypaxia were not mindless. We're not mindless. So maybe. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Oh, that's it's so very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Oh, well, and on the note of Hypaxia, she is the queen of. The witches, mm-hmm. yes, and she is betrothed to Rune, much to both of their chagrins. Yeah, the night of her but happy she has, night. she's having an affair, or she's in love—not an affair. She's ha- she's in love with Celestina. Yeah, they're in a secret love affair relationship, yeah. which leads us now to Celestina. Okay, right. She's the current governor of Ludothian. She took over for Micah at the end of um, book two, which is interesting. She's like eerily nice for an archangel, but like you can't really know if you trust her. Like it's all very—I don't know. I, well, she betrays them in the end. Oh, right. And, well, that's why I thought that. Yeah, yeah. because we can't trust her. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we can't trust her. Um, but the Asteri have, has decided that she is supposed to be with Ephraim. That's like one of their things. They're just like, oh, we've declared that you need to mate with him, like have babies. That you need to breed little angels. Yeah. Um, but she is in this like secret love affair relationship with Hypaxia, which was a really fun reveal in book two. Within, Very, like, in the yeah. closet and the things. Yeah, in the closet. Ooh, that was a plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Who's next? Ethan. Oh, Wow. Ethan. What a journey. Because in book yeah. one, you know, he's a real shit. I was real at mad times. at Ethan for a lot of book one until the very end. And then I sobbed. I sobbed. Oh, and then I mean, it's amazing how Sarah can do that. I literally you. was like, were you like, fuck Ethan. I am so pissed at him. How <laughs> dare you speak to Bryce that way? Then at the end, he literally goes, I'm coming, Bryce. Instantly, I burst into tears. Like, <laughs> the hold this woman oh. has on my emotions is not normal. It's like literal really- witchcraft. Oh, and then and then she pushes him in the gate. She pushes. She pushes him and like to save him because the gate's closing and only one of them can fit. Yeah, and she shoves him in to like save him because she's like, I can't let like she feels guilty for Connor. For Connor, and so this is like her way of like repaying it. And oh my god, Ethan is Connor's 
little brother. Yeah. And then in book two, he goes, he is now like a lone wolf in book two because pretty much he stands up for Bryce and defends her yes. to the evil, awful Sabine and Emil. Sabine. Oh. And so he gets kicked out of the pack. Um, he's, and he's so a now he's wolf. a packless wolf, but he has this beautiful now like found family brotherhood with, um, with Deck and Tristan and, and Rune. Rune. And he's living at the frat house. He's I having love it. just yeah, it's great. I love that. Like I love him being. There's a the really boys. great scene. He gets injured, and like Declan and Flynn are basically like, "You're not a lone wolf. Like we're your pack." Oh, and it's like really that hard. is I so sweet. It. It's so sweet. Oh my oh. god, the the scenes when Bryce and Hunt try to like fool around in bed. Yeah, and Ethan's Ethan's like, "Be louder next time. I didn't hear you have enough sex." <laughs> And then, like, and then Hunt says something like, I'm going to fuck you senseless. And Ethan just yells across the room, that sounds medically dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot it was so funny. Oh, Oh be cautious. Anyways. Okay. Okay, no, but the big thing with Ethan, though, at the end, Anna, maybe you can talk, speak to this because you just read this. So the big thing is, like, there's the whole thing with the mystics. And at the very end, he, there's a whole thing happens and he, like, pulls, has to rescue them out of their floating salt baths and um she's like super weak can't stand up and he smells her and she smells like snow and ember which is interesting i don't know what it means i haven't googled it yet but i will let's go look up (laughs) let's do it um okay so she smells like snow and ember and he realizes she's a wolf and he also notes that she is an alpha she's like super weak can't stand up but the the power in her voice and like the tone and like the light behind her eyes he literally says, my body doesn't know whether it should bow or fight. Which is fascinating. Fascinating. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And you find out later that she is a lost Fendir heir because Danica was studying the lineages yes. of all of the The bloodlines, right. So, anyways. Okay. So there's also, just really quickly, there's also um, a dragon in this book oh, yes. who calls yes. herself Ariadne. We don't know a lot about her except that her fire is one of the only things that can kill princes of hell. Which like- has to be important, you know? Well, has to be. Has, has to be. Why would you mention and that? She was mm-hmm. saved from the astronomer. She was also in one of the rings that was yes. um, rescued. Next up, we have the Hind and um, a.k.a. Lydia, a.k.a. Daybright. Um, as the Hind, she is the Republic's most notorious assassin and interrogator. She works, like, directly with the Asteri. She was part of Sandriel's Triari. People are deathly afraid of her. Like, she is a scary-ass bitch as the hind. Love it. As double agent Daybright... Hey, hey. She is, quote, the most vital spy in the rebellion. Yes. She talks to Rune through, like, the mind bridge, and they fall in love. Oh, they do. And um, as Lydia, she is Hypaxia's half-sister. Uh-huh. She is a deer shifter. When she was three, her shifter gifts, like, manifested, and then she was sent to live with, like, her father's kin in northern Pangera, which is why she and Hypaxia were separated. Mm. She is older than Hypaxia. They were never raised together. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And let's see. She is also faking – well, it's a very real relationship, but she does not like it. She is in a relationship with Pollux. Oh. Who is disgusting. I he hate him. So gross. The worst. Ugh. All right. So let's talk about Danica really fast. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Danica. Oh. Okay. Anna, I think you've, you've got to take this. Yeah. I mean, we all love Danica, but Anna, Anna's our Danica girly. No, I... Well... I don't... No, no, no. no I don't... Love is a strong word. <laughs> no, listen. Through love, all is possible. Okay, okay fine. fine. Okay, fine. I love Danica as, as Bryce's friend, but like as an individual TBD. I am very upset with Danica. 
and I'm getting more upset with her in my in my reread because really? I well mostly just because that ending at like CC one's ending has always been one of my favorite endings yes. like with yes the drop and with Danica I just loved the whole what, that is Anna's like scene like Anna this yes, is my that, that is, is like my her scene, scene from CC one it makes me cry every time it's the whole thing of it it's not just like Danica being there it's the whole way it's written and like totally. Bryce. And Danica, two friends like helping each other. It is very beautiful, and I love it. Two strong women, love it. So when I'm when all of these lies originally happened the first time I read it, I feel like I was very my I was like very protective of like no, this is gonna get solved. Like Danica is not doing all these lies. Like I was like in denial. Yeah. And in yeah. my reread, I'm like more angry because mm. I'm really wanting redemption or some answers. Right. Yeah. And it's not because I don't think anything she has done is unredeemable. She's no. not like an unredeemable character by no. any means. You know, she hasn't done anything evil to anyone. She just kept secrets, yeah. which secrets hurt. They hurt you at a deeper they level do. sometimes. They are no fun. And they hurt Bri- <laughs> They hurt. Secret secrets hurt someone. And they hurt Bryce. Yeah. And that is, I think, why we're yeah. upset. And in her POV. And she's hurt. It's on purpose, for sure. It's on purpose, like the journey. But I think it's a risky little game, for sure. It's a risky little game. It's, it's rough. Okay, so here's what we learned about Danica in book two. The important things. She has been conversing, like we said earlier with Sophie, in regards to learning something about the Asteri. We know, uh, based from Ethan, that she was a history major. While she was a history major, she started writing a paper that she told Ethan about, and then she decides to never turn in the paper. And she tells Ethan it's something that could get her in big trouble and then she never talks about it again. And Ethan was always, Ethan's just like, that was always just struck me as odd. Like I've always remembered that conversation. Turns out that that paper she hid in Bryce's in that glass and when Ethan breaks the coffee table, that paper is Dusk's Truth. And Dusk's Truth becomes a big part of this book and it's important, which we'll get to the end and I'll talk about it. But that paper, she was studying the shifter lineage of her people and she was going into Jessiba's um, library. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting. Bryce says her and like Leheba, she always liked to rile Leheba up. Yeah. And in the audio, no, sorry, in the camera security footage that Bryce has been going through to look at Danica to see what she was looking up. Yeah. It's notable, or at least it's notable to me that like, it seems that she riles them up or riles Leheba up so that Leheba leaves. And then she can search for books. Oh. And as soon as Leheba leaves, she jumps up, runs, starts snapping photos of books, closes it, lies down, and pretends to be asleep when Leheba comes back down with Bryce. That, I I like that. I appreciate okay, that. Wow. Um, that makes me feel a little bit better about why Leheba was like, Britannica was always so mean to me. I appreciate that. Thank you. I was really upset about that. And I, it felt pointed I that Lily would point that out to Bryce. Yes. Like, why would you and bring that And then this up? is the security, the one video they show of Danica. I love that. That makes me feel a lot better. That makes me feel better. Me too. Because that didn't sit well with me that Lele like- she was bullying Lele. Agreed. Okay. So she was researching the wolf lineage. Um, that's how we find out about like- Ferris, Havelin, I'm going to say that wrong, Nicholas, Fendir, and that's how we are led to like knowing that the mystic is the lost Fendir heir. Okay. And Bryce was studying this. Baxian says, Danica did not think she was long for this world, and she did not want to leave the wolves in the hands of Sabine. And she was terrified of dying and it going to Sabine and what would happen to the pack. So she, part of the reason she was researching lineages was to then find like find another heir. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. It does. Wow. So, yeah. So she was wor- researching the wolf lineages. Dusk's truth was what her paper was on, but she didn't know. This is really important for, I think, because Danica 
only knew Sophie for six months. She asked Sophie to get evidence on Dusk's truth. She had this idea of what it was, I guess, but the way that it's then described in the book is that Sophie found the truth. She was like, because Danica was too well known, she couldn't go into the Asteri's palace. She's yeah. Danica. Okay. So Sophie went in and found the truth out. But so, but then Danica died. And so Sophie was never able right. to confirm mm. what Danica thought. Okay. Which I think is also, I think in the grand scheme of things, if Danica had survived and gotten confirmation, she would have gone to Bryce and Connor and Ethan with this. But I she never so. had confirmation. And Baxian says, like, you mattered more to her than anyone. Mm. And Bryce is like very hurt. And she's like, I don't want to hear this. But she was like, you mattered more to her than anyone. And everything she did, she wanted to protect you to like build basically sure, this case. Yeah, right. And then she died. And um, I listen, I'm I'm very upset with Danica. But like, that's what I say when I like, she's not unredeemable. Like there are things in no. here that make sense. I just don't like the way that she did it. Totally. I agree with that. It's not what she did. It's how she did it. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that I don't, the thing is she's dead. Like, I don't know how we get anything. The thing is she's dead. So She's dead. dead. <laughs> so I'm not like that hopeful that we're going to get a big redemption. So I've been like trying to work it out in my brain to like redeem it myself. We're going to, we have we're to gonna do, do something. some therapy with Anna. We'll work through it. Um, and it's going to be okay. 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 So, yeah. um, we don't really have much to say about Apollyon. He's like the scary star here. The only thing that I think is important to note is his last, last dream conversation with Bryce, where he kind of like, where we leave him in that conversation is he says, one, it's interesting where they are in this dream. He states, she says, where are we? And he says, Parthos or what remains of it. And it says it's a barren land. And she says in the real world or in like dream world. And he angles his head and he says, dream world or what you consider to be dreams. Wow. Don't know what that means, but the fact that it's Parthos seems interesting. Yeah. Um, also, she says, where's Adas? And he says, he's raising Hell's armies readying them and she says to invade Midgard and he says it's been a long time in the making so like that's where hell's at at the end of this book they're ready to rock yes. and roll right so then another really interesting thing is that he says why are you not yet master of your powers I was very clear I told your mate you must both explore your potential like what have you been doing like come yeah, on I was very clear I told what, your mate I, I invaded his dreamscape and I said look at your powers explore. practice with them and you just said, and nobody listened to I not me. Clear? And then the end of the scene is she, he says, use the horn. The power Athalar gives you can activate it. Open the doors to hell. And she says, absolutely fucking not. And then he laughs and he says, <laughs> nice. no shot. No shot. And he says, what a disappointment. And then he says, come find me in hell when you learn the truth. And she's about to. Well, that's, and that's literally and what that happens at the end. Literally, that's exactly what she does. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Okay. We're going to run through Hunt's lineage really quick because we, I think we are a big question in the fandom is like, what is Hunt's lineage? Who were his parents? Where did he come from? Where did he get his she's power? She's teased this for two damn books. She's given us little tidbits. So here's the tidbits all together. And this is not a theories episode, so we're no. not going to explore these. Here's no. what we know. Right. Here's what we know from context from the books. Adis says, a fallen warrior with the power of dot, dot, dot. Adis's groomed brows lifted in surprise. His blue opal eyes narrowed to slits, then simmered like the hottest flame. What are you doing with a black crown around your brow? Which is the first time that they've ever 
Hunt has ever heard his slave tattoo been called a black crown. That one is particularly really telling to me. Off of off of that one in CC two, he his lightning yeah. through notes literally forms like a, a crown of lightning around his head. No, and he goes like a god. No, a crown of lightning. Yes, it's when Bryce is being threatened and after their mates, and he loses his mind. I love it. Okay, Hunt goes to see the oracle and. She tells him, you remind me of that which was long ago. I had not realized it might ever appear again. Long ago? Okay. Long ago. But who who is his baby daddy? I or don't. Not, not his baby daddy, his daddy. His, his, his dad daddy. His daddy, his daddy, his daddy. When he was a baby, who was his daddy. Right. Um, the last thing is Apollyon, the prince of the pit, says, Orion. Oh, and, and Hunt notes that his mom was the last person that ever called him that. Everyone else just calls him like Hunt Athelar. But yeah. Orion is actually his first name. And he says, Orion was bred to be receptive to our kind. Why do you think he's so adept at hunting us? What does it bred? mean? He was bred. like, And we get no more information about that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, so pretty much they're mates. Literally, it's canon, guys. Okay. Bryce and Hunt are mates. We love it. They are mates. And it's, it's exciting. We love it. We love Hunt. People don't love it. We love but it. Us, we're excited. Okay. Okay, um, Anna, let's let's go to like the big ending of CC2 and like what are the highlights from the conversation? Okay, so Bryce ends up in the room with the dusk where we learn the truth about what what well what dusk's truth is. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> well, well, I'll just tell you. Well, it's dusk well, truth. I'll just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's dusk truth. <laughs> so we end up in this room and there are it's like basically a room full of solar systems that she's never seen, planets, suns, all different things, stars. And um, and she goes up to them and she – I'm going to just kind of read some of these quotes Go. because I think that will sum yep. it up better than I ever can. Love it. First thing she sees is A.E. She didn't know that dating system, but she could guess that conquered what conquered meant, what C.O. and Q meant conquered. And um, so she's thinking like A.E. conquered by the Asteri. Mm-hmm. Then she starts – she keeps reading and she sees one and it says, Ephraxia conquered A.E. 680. Lost AE seven twenty, so lost like less than a hundred years later. They they lost that planet. Mm. She read the note beside it, and her blood iced over. Denzians learned of our methods too quickly. We lost many to their unified front. Evacuated is all it says. She starts to like pick up on things. Um. So base then she gets to one that says Midgard. The map reads conquered AE seventeen o o three, which we know is when. The Asteri entered, mm-hmm. and then the first wars started mm-hmm. because hell comes. So they invaded hell in the year 17001. Hell, a dark, cold world with mighty creatures of night. They saw through our lures. Once warring factions, the royal armies of hell united and marched against us. We were overwhelmed and abandoned their world, but they gave chase. Learned from our captured lieutenants how to slip between the cracks in realms. They found us on Midgard in 17002, tried to convince our lured prey of what we were, and some fell victim to their charms, i.e. Thea Thea. and Adis. Thea falling victim to their charms, but really, Adis is there to warn them. Wow. We lost a third – this is so gross. We lost a third of our meals to them. War lasted until nearly the end of 17003. They were defeated and sent back to hell. Far too dangerous to allow them access to this world again, though they might try. They developed attachments 
to the Midgard mm. colonists. Attachments. 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 To what the that, like, I don't think it's just they. I think that's why yeah. Adis is attached to, like, to Bryce. Bryce. Yeah. Totally. So um, what Bryce, in Bryce's inner monologue, she says, Hell had come to help, exactly as Apollyon had said. Hell had kicked the Asteri from their own world. The demon princes had felt a moral obligation to chase after the Asteri so they might never prey upon another world mm. to spare others. Yes. So that's big. That's because really interesting. We've all like we've been a little hesitant about hell through this book. Yes. But now when Ada says he's rallying his armies, I don't think it's to invade it is to invade Midgard, but it's not to like cleanse Midgard of its veneer and humans. It's no. to get rid of the no. Asteri. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's yes. why Apollyon's like you need to learn how to use your powers. For sure. Come at me when you've learned the truth and yeah. then we'll chat. Love exactly. It. So, Love okay. So what we, so Dusk's truth is that the Asteri are going basically world hopping and you using up all the resources. And by resources, I mean humans or not humans, like magic and first light. So it's humans, it's magical creatures. Oh, so this is about Midgard. Ideal world located. Indigenous life, not sustainable, but conditions prime for colonization have contacted others to share bounties what does that mean what does that mean i I don't know if that means like i've contact we've contacted others to like come to this world oh right because that's the lie they tell but but like that's a lie they tell right because they're like that's how they lured people in was like oh we have this great place like come here remember they were like she yeah yeah so she said she peered at a drawing of a myrrh beside a sketch of a wolf shifter and this is what's written the aquatic shifters can hold a hybrid form far more easily than those on land. She reads the next page. They did not see the old enemy who offered a hand through space and time. <gasps> like a fish to bait, they came and they opened the gates to us willingly. They walked through them to Midgard at our invitation, leaving behind the world they knew. So that's like Thea. That's, I think, because I what we've suspected is that Apraxia, who they talk about, in the beginning, in like the first uh, world I, I mentioned, I think that Ephraxia is like where Prithian is located. That's the name of their world. We don't know the name of their planet. We know right. Prithian is their country, or that's what I call it, their whatever, their land. And it says that that is the one that the inhabitants learned our, about our methods and we were defeated. They had like, we had to evacuate. And we think that's Prithian. Yep. And so then the next big thing we learn... So Rigula says about, um, this is interesting that he says about her, Bryce's star. He says, it's a beacon to the world from which the Fae originally came. It sometimes glows when nearest the Fae who have undiluted bloodlines from their, from that world. Mm. Prince Cormac, for example. Because he's from Avalon, which is like, yeah. well, which is Prithian. Prithian. Like he, that would mean that he would be like a direct bloodline. Right. And the fire. Exactly. Which like, makes sense. Oh my god. Especially if we think the Avalon yeah. is the winnowing. Oh. He can winnow. Yeah. Um, okay. Love that. So it also glows, he said, for those who are your loyal companions, your knights. Because Holy she's like, it glows for hunt. Yeah. Okay. So he Hunt. then then Rigula says, the star will lead us back to that world through you. They overthrew our brethren, Ephraxia, the name of that planet. He doesn't say it, but they, that's, the, over, okay. that's the connection I'm drawing. Overthrew our brethren? Yeah. Which so I I, I don't I think the seven Asteri that are on this world, either there are more of them uh-huh. or there were a lot of them until Ephraxia, the award of Ephraxia Heaven. So listen. He says, they overthrew our brethren who once ruled there. We have not forgotten. 
our initial attempt at revenge was foiled by your ancestor, pointing to Bryce, who also bore that star on her chest. The Fae have not still atoned for the deaths of our brothers and sisters. Their home was a world rich in magic. I crave more of it. I totally forgot about this. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. So, sorry. I've, yeah, there was one more quote. Sorry. There was one more quote I needed to, uh, he, he says, we want you to reopen the rifts. At like we're that's why everything I did, me pretending to be the cat was all like I think Kim and you and I talked about in our chapter chat. All of that was to like get you here. Mm-hmm. I pretended to do all of that because I needed you to seek out the truth. I needed you to rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, you are starborn. You have the horn bound to your body. Your ancestors wielded the horn and another fey object that they allowed them to enter that that allowed them to enter this world. Yes, the harp. The harp. The harp. Yes. Our people who built fearsome warriors in that world as their as our army, all of them prototypes for the angels in this one, Illyrian. Illyrians. <gasps> the prototypes and of the angels. All of them, all of them traitors to their creators by jo- because they joined the Fae to overthrow my brothers and sisters a thousand years before we arrived on Midgard. Yes, absolutely. Because now the Illyrian and the Fae work together. Yep, yep, yes. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Your starborn ancestors shut the gates to stop us from invading their realm once more and reminding them who their true masters are. And in the process, they shut the gates to all worlds, including those to hell, their stalwart allies. And so we have been trapped here, cut off from the cosmos, all that is left of our people, though our mystics beneath this palace have long sought to find any other survivors, any planets they might be hiding on. Okay. So there were a lot more Asteri, but they've been stuck here and like incommunicado. Oh. So they don't know like if they're they the last ones. They think they might be the last ones left, but their yeah. mystics have been trying to search because the mystics can like go through the cosmos. Oh, that's Yes, but they so, haven't found anybody. See, we have, we did wonder about that. I was like, there's yes. got to be more than just these six. Yeah. Yeah. So, so far they have been able to find anyone. And that sounds like the harp closing the rift. Absolutely sounds like the harp. Yeah. So then she talks about Danica and her bloodhound gift. He says it's not a gift of the body's strength, but of magic, such as the shifters should not have. Oh, She could scent other shifters with strange powers. So Danica received this gift from her father. Her father was Mordak, which was another secret. Right. So here's the big, he says, Danica realized that the shifters are fae. And Bryce is like, what? what? Mind blown. <laughs> new information. He says, what? And he goes, not your kind of fae, of course. Your breed dwelled in a lovely verdant land rich with magic. Your starborn bloodline specifically hailed from a small isle hmm. a few miles from the mainland. And while the mainland had all manner of climbs, hello, day court, hello, spring court. Climbs, hello. Climbs, climbs. The isle climbs. existed in beautiful near permanent twilight dust. Dusk. Dusk. I mean, oh, we know this. Oh my god! I feel like I'm reliving it all over again. Right. I don't remember any of this. I'm like, yeah. what? This is this is brand new information to me. <laughs> really? So Bryce is like, wait, back up. Like, how can they be Fae? They don't have pointed ears. And he says, Oh, we bred that out of them. It was gone within a few generations. Ew. And he says the shifters easily forgot what they had once been. They gladly gave themselves to us and did our bidding, led our armies, and still do. And the prime says, like, that verbal story, like, history that they tell that gets passed down is that when they first came to Midgard, they they forgot their true forms. Like, yes. Or, or yes. what they are now, they forgot what they once were. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how great they used to be. 
and this is like a diluted version of themselves. Yes. And um, she says, and she says, what's Project Thur? Because we don't learn anything about what Project Thur. And all he says is it was the last time someone got as close as Danica did to learning about us. It didn't end well for them. <laughs> it didn't end well for them. Okay. Well, okay. So that's like the big stuff we learn about. That's Dusk Truth. Those are like the really big points. And then, of course, the ending. Yeah. Can you just run through this really quick? You just run like, through it. Yep. Spark notes. Because yep. I like. Happy to. So Bryce, the, the big thing, I'm not going to go through the whole ending, but like Bryce basically, you know, there was all these sweet moments, but they like, Bryce, you need to escape. Use your horn and escape to hell. Get the, get Apollyon's armies and come back. Right. Because Hunt and Rune are like, we're sacrificing ourselves. Hunt and Rune are like trapped. Yeah. And they're going to, and so they basically kind of like buy her time and she like runs out and she takes the star sword and like runs through I don't know. I can't remember what the gate is or the port. It's like, it's I don't know. It doesn't the, it's matter. It's in the palace. It's in yeah. the It's in the palace. Yeah. And she uses the horn uh-huh. to like jump through mm-hmm. and she's like, now remember the star in her chest is supposed to be a beacon to home. Mm. And she th- is trying to think about hell. And she ends up though in Prithian, yep. which we think because that's her, the star leading her home. It's the, be- oh yes, to home. God. So she lands in, she thinks hell. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the first thing she says is hell had grass. There's grass. She's on like an immaculate lawn and across the river emerging like so I think she's at the river house. It's a big lawn yep. by a river, totally, so like totally. a river house right. that they build in like Akasaf. Mm-hmm. Um she sees like a city ancient and beautiful. Um she's trying to get up. She's like bl- the blood on her is not hers. It's noted but like she's like severely weak. Mm. Um using the horn like severely weakened her her sword's like to the ground and um Azriel is who we think yes. shows up. And he, you know, she's like, where am I? I need to speak to Adis. Is this hell? He doesn't understand her. He talks. She doesn't understand him. And she like grabs him and she starts crying. And she's like, please, please, my mate. And I think Azriel probably, if we get his POV, is like, okay, something's like, she doesn't seem like she's a threat to me right now. I right. think she's, so he blindfolds her because he just casually has a blindfold. Hot. Yeah. So he literally goes, he, he beckons her over and he like, puts it up to his eyes and then she's like okay and he like ties it around her and then he scoops her up and he like with the male hands were gentle but thorough as he fitted tightly over her eyes but thorough um okay so then she like gets she he brings her i think to the townhouse i Mm-hmm. Think because the so. way it's described is like is just how the townhouse is described okay. like the smell of bread and roses oh, and like lame. the old furniture she says it looks very similar to like she says her father's house like her father's study could fit easily here and Jessica's like antique store could fit easily in here both of those are very interesting That's yes. very interesting um and she starts like she's like sobbing she's like i need to find prince adis and then she breaks down she's like my mate my mate i need it's very like reese it's very resand it, like, ah. it really is and um also resand breaks down in that same room remember yeah. he like he's, he collapses right. and the first thing he says is, is she's my, my mate, mate my mate oh god <sighs> okay so um she's screaming get fucking adis i need adis and then in walks another male with wings she still thinks she's like in hell because they have like leathery demon wings, she says. And it's a swaggering male. Hello, Cassian. Cassian. <laughs> I love it. With a beautiful fae female. And that's when she's like, okay, wait a second. 
Like, where am I? Yeah. Why is there a fae female? Because remember, the, the Illyrians don't have pointed ears. Right. So then she sees Nesta's ears, right. and she um, and also she knows that they are dressed just like Avalyn Faye. Oh, that's important. And she's like, she literally says, am I in some old fantasy film? That's <laughs> what she says. Oh my Christ. God, that's amazing. Um, hysterical. Then Amran shows up, and she notes she has eyes like Fury, mm-hmm. but then oh, it's, uh, Amran sees the sword, and she looks at it and startles. And she's like, Gwydion? Like, she looks at the sword and, like, says Gwydion. And then they, like, note that they're, like, identical. Bryce says um, they're made from the same thing, is what she says. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Um, so cool. And she says, uh, I've been trying to ask him, but he doesn't understand. Is this hell? I need to see Prince uh, Prince Aetius. Then she says it in the old language. She, like, realizes because she sees the fey ears. And that's when Amarin and all the other – that she knows that the t- – Bryce knows that the two males are, like – seem really put off that the small female is shocked. Like, why is Amarin shocked? <laughs> I mean, what's going on? That's yeah, what's going on? Um, then, of course, a, a female caked in paint walks in and a male. And the winged, dark-haired male who stepped in behind her, Bryce gasped, Rune? The male blinked. His eyes were the same shade of violet blue as runes, his short hair the same gleaming black. The male skin was browner, but the face, the posture, it was her brother's. I know. Then she like looks at him. She's like, she says, my name is Bryce Quinlan. The male stepped forward, tucking in his wings. He smiled slightly and said in the old language in a voice like glorious night, hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Resan. <laughs> I still got chills reading it today. We have read this. We know it's coming. We are fully been immersed in this. And I still, every time, every damn time, y'all, he just shattered all our lives with that line. I am unwell. I'm truly So good. My God. So, so many things. Okay. Now, and sorry, just to backtrack, just to scotch. Can we talk about where we've left Hunt and Rune for a second? Like, so we've left Hunt and Rune pretty much like at the Asteris. Like they're like- They're going to go in the dungeons- yeah. Yeah. Rune is going to, they're both going to be prisoners. Yeah. Hunt gets a slave tattoo on his head. Right. He like blacks out. It is important to note that we know that the first tattoo was placed by witches mm-hmm. and that only a witch can take it off. This tattoo though, I paid close attention. There were no witches in that room and it was the Asteri who put it on. Because then Hypaxia could take it off like she did the first time. Well, we don't know the Hypaxia can't take it off again. Oh, I don't know that she can't. True, true. I'm just saying that like, the original tattoo were placed by witches right. and Hypaxia said that's like one of our darker right. things we're not proud of or something like that. Holding out hope, Hypaxia can take it off. Listen, she's a badass bitch and I have faith in her and I'm just, in my mind, I just need that to be the case. Agreed. And yep. for now, I just need to let that be what it is. Yes. And we know, we know that Sarah has said we have, we should be very worried about Rune. I don't like that. Poor Rune. I don't like that at all that she's come out and said we that. We also know that the first, I think the first sentence of the book in House of Flame and Shadows is from Lydia's POV. Yeah. That's very interesting. I'm excited to get her POV. I am, but I'm also like, but go back, but go back. Where's, like, what's Bryce doing with recent? And that's right. But going. like, you are not the priority. I oh, mean, like, come on. This is the witches in Air of Fire. This is going to be like Kingdom of Ash. This is going to be Kingdom of Ash and Air of Fire and like all those POVs that are switching back and forth. Yes. I do. uh, Yeah. I I think that there's, she's really set us up for an arc with Lydia of her, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, having to be the one to be there to torture him or interrogate or something. Or oversee it at least. Or oversee it or like have to fake it and make it look a certain way or, you know, because also where we left them is she like outs herself there in the 
prison because she like kills the harpy and then looks at Bryce oh, and is like, shit, make, right. this, make this look real. You have to punch me. Um, yes. And then she like as the hind then like unlocks Bryce's cuffs as like a secret. Yeah, she's the one that unlocks his, unlocks Bryce's cuffs so that she can escape to go to the portal. Uh-huh. And then when they're in the elevator, that's when she's like screaming into Rune's head and he's just like blocking her out. Rune's ignoring her. So yeah, really worried about them. Okay, wait, can we talk about really quickly how Cormac died, quote, quote? Because I don't remember how he... Yeah, how he caught a flame? He just runs into a, he runs into a lab that has like things that they want to blow up that could like hurt human rebellion, uh-huh. I think. And he like runs in there and it gets blown up. Oh, it's a it's a battle. Okay. There's a lot of things happening. Right. And Rune runs in and they go in, I think, different directions. Cormac gets blown up. Therian escapes. Right. Therian's there. Yes. Okay. Oh, didn't he sell his soul to the Viper Queen? Right. Yes. Yeah, he, he did. He has some kind of a ball. Because remember, he says he feels like the tug pulling him back to the Viper Queen. There's a, it's very interesting. He, he, this, his, his whole relationship with the River Queen, yeah. the daughter. Yeah, the daughter. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Right. Right, because he like defected from them pretty much. And like. He did. Yes, he did. To, and he went to the Viper yeah. Queen. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Very interesting. So that's where we left him. Um, okay, I think that like just I think that's it. rounds out where we've left everybody. So Bryce is stuck in Prithian. Everybody else is in Midgard. We're worried about everyone in Midgard. We're worried about everybody. We're excited to see what Bryce does with our Prithian crew, but also like get back. Like get Can back to not, hunt. Like yeah, for sure. Like, get back to hunt. And Rune. Don't linger. Don't linger overly long, but like also have some convos. Like have with, a cute time in Prithian and then have like a fun hop time, back. But then like quickly like, make your way with haste. With haste. With haste. Um, Post haste. Yeah. So we will make sure to link our CC episodes in the show notes. We also have a Spotify playlist that has all of our CC episodes plus our theories episodes. If you really want to get wild and crazy before CC3 comes out. Wow. And two weeks after this gets posted, we will be doing one more theories episode before CC3 No, the following week. One more week. I'm sorry, the following week. The following week. Yes. We'll be doing another theories episode. Get excited about it. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. These are like y'all's favorite episodes. They're our favorite episodes. We love them. Oh, we have so much fun. We're going to have so many theories to talk about now that we've done our rereads. Oh my god. Also, like we mentioned in this episode, um, we will be doing chapter chats throughout the book, um, both Crescent City books. So we'll be doing them like 10 chapters at a time. So if you want more of like a summary recap type situation go over to our patreon and you will see we'll have a whole playlist of those so be sure to go join our patreon if you have not already and then you'll get our chapter chats when you know cc3 comes out yes christina oh even more importantly we will be doing as we read in real time with no spoilers for like the end of the book we will be reading cc3 and pausing to do chapter chats on patreon just like we did for iron flame if you were a part of our patreon then yes Yes, yeah. such a good call. Thank you for reminding me. Um, and we're going to be together for like four days. Yes, so guys. So we'll be recording them together. We'll be recording some chapter chats together. We're just going to be so like in person. Yes, if you haven't already heard us squeal about this, we have booked ourselves a reading retreat for CC3. We yeah. have an Airbnb. We're flying from around the country to yep. meet up the weekend after CC3 is released to just like literally sit in each other's space and read. And, <laughs> yeah. so- and spiral and freak out. <laughs> and spiral. We are so excited. So please look out for that yes so yeah be sure you are following us on instagram at flights of fantasy podcast so you can like keep up with all of our little adventures together and be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and until next time cheers and happy reading cheers, cheers friends. Bye. bye, bye.